I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Season 2, Episode 008. Stephanie Shannon is a woman of faith, inspirational speaker, veterans advocate, and an Amazon best-selling author. Sergeant Shannon served in the U.S. Army for eight years, including operations that took her to the Middle East for operations in Desert Storm and Desert Shield. A graduate of Grand Valley State University in psychology, Sergeant Shannon continues to use her training in psychology to help people battle the storm within. As a licensed, ordained pastor, Stephanie Shannon oversees and operates the Battling the Storm Within Ministries, which is credited of leaving a legacy that helps women and men go from trauma to triumph and also empowers individuals to start their journey of faith. Let's get started. All right, as you know, show is very scripted, but I think each question brings out the best of our guests and you just get to share your story. So question one, what would you say to your younger self as you were preparing to enter your military service? I would have said to my younger self that I would have did more research. I would have took my time and investigated more options as far as coming in possibly as an officer instead of a enlistment person. I would have not just talked to one recruiter, but different recruiters, and then talked to veterans. I would have talked to veterans that actually experienced military service and sought their opinions, too. Yeah, yeah. Would your younger self would have heeded that wisdom? Um, I believe so. I've always been very inquisitive, and because when I first joined, I joined the Air Force, and the recruiter I had couldn't answer my questions. You know, he was telling me I scored high in every area. I could do just about anything, but he wasn't telling me what. Mm. And then when I found out that he wanted to stick me just in an administrative role, and then I didn't have any control over what that was going to be, I withdrew my position there to be in the Air Force and went to Army Reserve. So, yeah, I definitely feel like if I'd had more people around giving me more insight, I definitely would have done something differently. Wow. Wow, wow. I think that's going to help many listeners because I think at times we don't realize how much control we have over where we choose to start our military career. Yes, I agree. I feel like sometimes it seems like the options is there. And it depends on the state of mind you're in, too. A lot of times they waive the bonuses. They waive the college money. They tell you you can go to school. They give you all the good, feel-good stuff. And back in the 90s when I joined, you know, there wasn't in YouTube or videos or the Internet, you know, for Mm -hmm. us to see any other examples or really have a voice connect to other people. So it was really, you know, not an opportunity to see the real, real, I would say more realistic side of the military service, you know, like boot camp, they tell you basically how many weeks, but they don't tell you extensively what happens per week and per day and, and the purpose of it. You know, I think that was a lot of my frustrating part was not understanding the whole gamut of everything, why things were done the way they were. Right, right. Which just helps you dial into how you can be your best in each cycle of your training and even after your training, how you report to your units and even how you approach your deployments. Yeah, and I think it would have made you more of an informed and more professional soldier, as opposed to just giving orders and you follow them. And you do have some level of 
power and fire is what you go into. A lot of people I knew went into just was running from the law or, you know, trying to get away from family is, you know, some decisions were made emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a sober thought out process or, you know, I've heard people that military families, they just, they all did it. So they did it too. Mm. I like what you said. Mm-hmm. An informed soldier is a more professional soldier. That really resonates yeah. with me. Yes. And I felt like we, you know, being at the bottom of the telephone, a pirate or, you know, PFC, you don't get any information. You just get told what to do. And I guess the frustration when I was in was not understanding why. And you don't get those answers. You just yeah. do it. So that's a lot of the roles that if I was to do it differently, I would have got my degree and then sought out my education as far as, you know, comparable to a military career and went in as an officer. I would definitely would not have served as an enlistment person. Wow. 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 So to anyone listening on the fence about you know, if to pursue your education before you serve, I think this is great advice mm-hmm. for you to uh, just consider what you want to take yeah. away from your service and make that decision, whether it's to serve enlisted or as uh, Sergeant is reminding us that you could choose to be an officer as well and have an amazing career. Yes. Okay. So. I think you answered the next question, which would be, what would you say to anyone considering serving? But is there any more advice? I would say, you know, you need to ask yourself, why are you really joining? Why are you serving? I've talked to some young people and uh, I had a couple of them tell me, well, my friends were going to join and they want to join the buddy system. And I was like, well, why are you doing Mm. it? And they couldn't tell me themselves with their own gut feeling. You know, I had some of them that were just focused, like, I'm going to do this regardless. It's my mission in life, my purpose. That's it. But I think that issue right there is from yourself, looking in the mirror, knowing that, swearing in and saying you're going to, you know, take the open enlistment and following the orders and whatnot. That is a gray area. There's no guarantee of promotion, no guarantee of you coming back. You know, it's no guarantee of success. Mm. Those are realities, sober realities, you know. Sometimes the marketing and the commercials and how Hollywood kind of glamorizes war, it can be attractive, like, you know, oh, I'm going to be labeled this hero. But as we know, most of veterans, including myself, come back either traumatized or wounded Mm -hmm. or not at all. You know, so are you willing to take that risk? Do you really mean that when you're saying, you know, you're basically writing a blank check up to your life? You know, I mean, really, really seriously looking at it, not the... You know, oh, I'm going to be a seal. I'm going to be this powerful person and whatnot. I just think some of them don't have a real sober reality type of perspective or enough support to process that. Some of them is just um, it's my it's money. You know, it's a job. That's a nerd. I just do my job, but actually, it's, it's not just a job. Mm. It's a life choice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That hit me really hard because the cold water that sobers you. Because the reality of wars is not a Hollywood movie. And I think you just laid out the truth in a very clear way. Yes, it is. And I I think that's what's glamorized. You know, I'm a woman veteran. And, you know, as we know, women veteran is one of the most underserved populations. When you hear veterans, you don't think of a woman. You think of a man. When you think of someone that served in combat, you know, someone that, you know, was this war hero. And so a lot of women don't self-identify. And even though women veterans are increasing, you know, women are increasing serving now, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a numbers are greater, but there's still a lot of challenges there. So I think that factor, too, is that having access to other women, you know, I meet younger women that are ROTC or considering military, and I just soberly tell them, you know, I just talk to them very candidly and let them know that it's your life, you know, you're signing up, but there's no guarantee. 
out here as a civilian, you know, you work a job, you come home nine to five or whatever the hours is, and that's it. But military, that's not. It's 24-7. It's a total lifetime, life shift. And so I think that's one of the sober um, truths that need to be echoed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very well said. Okay, diving into our next question. One word Mm -hmm. answer. When I say military transitions, you say? (laughs) Red tape. (laughs) Red tape. Wow. Okay, let's let's talk about the red tape from your experiences and from what you see others having to deal with. Um, It depends on what you experience in the military. Some people have, like I said, experienced trauma. Some people have experienced exemplary, you know, careers. They got promotion. They had great time. You know, things were great. Some people have it. And so it depends on that person's experience and and then their discharge. You know, honorable, less than honorable, medical, Mm -hmm. you know, dishonorable. Those factors into there. So the transition myself, I don't feel it's a transition. I just came back. There was no woman veteran services. There was no, there was an exit interview. And I told them that I was experiencing anxiety and nightmares and, you know, things that PTSD symptoms, but, you know, you don't acknowledge that in women. Uh, Mm. So I shared that with them and I didn't get any medical uh, or mental health intervention. I didn't get a pamphlet saying, hey, go here to get help. So when I end up getting help, you know, I was told that I just had an adjustment disorder. And I was like, well, help me adjust. You know, and I didn't know you can't. It's just like going to the doctor, diagnosing yourself, telling the doctor, hey, look, I got a a bad knee here. I need you to fix it. But, you know, you that has to be professionally assessed by a professional. And then you diagnose. You can't diagnose yourself. Mm-hmm. So the difficulty is when you do experience a trauma or something like that, you articulating the words correctly for people to understand what exactly you've been through. And how they can help you. I think that's what my transition was. The verbiage, the resources being there, the uh, warm hand off approach. Because uh, when I did go to better services organizations, it was all male dominant. And it was, I didn't feel welcome. I felt like, you know, a girl in a room of the same creepy guys I served with, you know, it wasn't a good experience for me. So I didn't want to connect. I didn't want to be a part of that because I didn't feel I was, there was a place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the transition I'm seeing as individually, I had several people tell me they had no idea. Just about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was driving. I saw a homeless veteran, a guy standing down the street asking for you know, help. And he had a homeless veteran sign and he had a VA ID. And I stopped and talked to him. He was just at the VA with surgery, but he didn't even know they had a homeless veteran program. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, whoa, you were just at the VA and they didn't tell you. <laughs> that there's a homeless veteran. He's like, well, I didn't know. So that's what I mean. It's like assuming that, especially when you've been wounded, um, a lot of people don't understand that when you're in pain and you're struggling and you have financial difficulties, you know, the, if the employment, you know, sometimes you get out, you're expecting to get hired in and sometimes you don't because you're a veteran. I've heard mm-hmm. people, you know, when they hear veteran, they automatically assume, oh, they got that PTSD thing or they may be a liability. Then I've heard things like, oh, you're assume, assuming that I will be this supernatural super worker that flying around with a cape, you know, because I'm the better, you know. So I just think it's the perceptions of society and, and we have yet to define those areas. So more veterans' voices are heard and we speak like this, the clearer I believe the picture will be, but it's definitely transition red tape. I have not met anybody or I've heard people say, well, I didn't have any problems. I'm like, congratulations. You know, you're one of the few, but it doesn't mean it doesn't, we don't X out everyone else, you know, um, other people are still struggling. What about them? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Red tape. If you're transitioning or have transitioned, (laughs) big time to just remind you, you're not alone. 
and your experiences yeah. are not in a sandbox. They're real. And as you reach out yeah. for help, you ask for help, yeah. you know, you're going to connect with stories and individuals that can either assist or get you closer to those who can assist. Right. And then you may have the, you know, the things I had, I went through several people, several organizations. I had trust issues because when I went to seek help, you know, it's the one thing of being believed. And, you know, sometimes you want to be validated. You know, you're telling your story and no one believes you. You know, it's like that couldn't have possibly happened. And yes, it did. You know, so that part, too. So a lot of veterans have a tendency to isolate. So they're mm-hmm. vulnerable once and sharing themselves. And then depending on how the information was received, the process and that, you know, looking at the VA benefit systems there, you know how that goes. That's I said you have to have a PhD to master that mm. <laughs> that system because it's just so like, okay, I know this happened to me in the military, but you got to tie everything in, write all these reports, submit all this paperwork, and you're sitting there in pain, or you're still dealing with past issues of what happened and not able to articulate clearly. So I had that problem too. When I went to the VA, um, I was denied in 96, denied in 98, denied in 2009, 2010, uh, and then I finally was approved in 2013. So it took a long time (laughs) for me, but I kept coming back because I felt like that's my right. I serve my country and I need help. Why am I not getting the help? So uh, many doors I walked through, many doors, many doors were disappointing. I sat at the table and thought I was heard and wasn't, you know, or like you submit a claim and you thought you were very thorough and you give them all the information, you sit in in a competent interview and you're basically already denied, (laughs) you know, you know, because you didn't, whatever, what did I not do? Why don't you just show me and tell me instead of making it so difficult, what do I qualify for? And that's the the hot question right there that they don't answer. They're like, well, what's wrong with you? I'm telling you what's wrong, but what do I qualify for? So it's just like, to me, a game that's played that causes a lot of veterans to give up and commit suicide. That's why Mm. so many veterans commit suicide 22 a day. Women veterans commit suicide six times higher than their civilian counterparts. That's horrible. Why are we killing ourselves? Why are we ending our lives for people that, you know, serve their country? And it's a reason because of the lack of transition support. I mean, the support, the safe support, the trusted support. And a lot of people connect. And that's what I had a problem with when I was in the military. I didn't trust the VA because I felt the VA and the military were the same. They were the same people. So they did me like that in the military. And I'm supposed to come here and trust you. You know, you're the same system. So I couldn't separate the two. So that's is really in your perspective and your experience. But we definitely need some community base, some community support organizations there for veterans, but veteran-led, because veterans tend to trust each other quicker than anyone else. You know, we'll help each other, and it's more of a a stronger support system there because we need each other. Yeah. Man, you really unpack some ideas that I needed to hear again because, of course, Mm -hmm. I experienced many of them myself. But I love how you brought in your personal experience and knowledge And then you just touched on the female veteran population. And I think one sneaky idea is is really resonating well. The VA system is separate from the military system. And I think part of the unfortunate design is that you might run into personalities that you experienced when you served. If you meet those personalities at the door, you might just turn around and walk away. That's it. Yeah. Automatic. And then I think, too, it's different, but really, it, it depends upon your discharge. If you don't get an honorable discharge, you can't get VA service. Mm. So that's the tie. It's kind of like, okay, 
I'm honorable, but I'm coming here. I don't feel honored, you know? So, um, and I can say, that's how I felt. I've had experiences at different VAs and I tell veterans, I said, you're your only best advocate. You have to speak up for yourself. I left the Detroit VA system because of the way I was treated. And I went to the Ann Arbor VA system. It was like night and day. Mm. And Ann Arbor VA was not handled, was not organized the way the Detroit was. So it was different. I had to actually leave the whole system because it was just a poor treatment. Uh, they were told me because I was a professional, because I worked as a social worker, I presented well. I said, so that doesn't mean I'm not suicidal or depressed because mm-hmm. I'm not sitting mm-hmm. here standing on the table and, and threatening to kill myself and everybody in the room. I said, I don't understand. What do you expect me to act like? I know what it what civil. Um, and that's one thing about military. They teach you discipline, yeah. you know, so you know what it is to restrain yourself, withhold yourself, hold things in. But they don't actually teach you how to process that. So when the trauma happens, many times it happens on the field, you know, just even mental health. Mostly all the issues are aggravated in service, but there's no mental health corpse. There's no Mm -hmm. intervention right then. There should be psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors available, but the negative stigma. If you go get mental health treatment, you're weak link, you're liability, you know, you're ostracized. Nobody admits that they're depressed. Who does that? You know, mm-hmm. nobody openly talks about those type of things. And it's all just medical. You know, a lot of it's chemical disorder and just lack of treatment. So I think we need to debunk all these stigmas of reaching out for help. Reaching out for help is not a sign of weakness. Actually, it's a sign of strength. Yeah, yeah. And I think these conversations will just bring some clarity to mm-hmm. the diversity in veterans and the diversity in veterans solutions. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think these need to happen with veterans. And that's why I told them they, they're going, I just did a recent article and it's like, what's baffling them is the, why is the women veteran suicide rate up 85%? That's all you have to do is give me a call and I'll tell you. Hmm. you know, and that's why I told them, you guys are not talking to us. You're talking, you statistics, you're looking at us like through this glass, like we're in this little fish bubble and, oh, I, a woman veteran here, you know, <laughs> and I'm poking at us and, you know what I mean? We have yeah. feelings, listen to us. And I think the difficulty is the lack of uh, understanding because you, you know, being in the military, no matter how much you tell somebody about it, if you did not put on those boots and serve, you don't get it. You really don't. You know, you don't know. Just like any other job, I wouldn't know what it is to be an engineer. I never trained or worked as one. So the same thing in the military, you know, a service person knows how the system works and operates. Yeah. And um, I think that's the challenge is that gray area. And then feeling safe. I meet a lot of women veterans that isolate, that don't want to talk about it, are very angry and bitter. And so that's what I try to do. And that's what I'm doing through my organization, Michigan Women Veterans Empowerment, is to empower women veterans in the eighth dimension of wellness, because it's several areas of our life that need to be healed and touched on. But the point is being open to that. That's the key. Well, let's go deeper there on what you do now, how you continue to mm-hmm. serve and serve women veterans and veterans, you know, across your state, across the country with your message and just who you are. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a disabled golf war veteran. I wrote a book called Battling the Storm Within. It's a bestseller. I didn't think that no one wanted to hear my story, but mm. I wrote the book for myself because I kept dealing with these thoughts in my mind and dealing with all these issues and emotions and it just never came full circle. So writing was therapeutic. It actually came out of me, um, my prolonged exposure therapy treatment through the Ann Arbor VA. I had to do homework and whatnot. And I started just writing and, and, you know, getting it all out of me. And I was like, oof, this is better because I'm telling people it's not making a difference. I'm praying about it. You know, I'm getting some breakthrough, but therapeutically releasing it on paper 
and then actually put it in a story. It was very tough, very difficult to visit those areas. But I found out once I faced the fear that it wasn't really that big. I was running from something. That's all I had to do was stand, turn around and stand and face. But I needed the support, the professional support to address the issue. And that's what I lacked was the support. You know, um, a lot of people tell their friends, their families, you know, the problems. But most of those people are not clinically trained or capable of handling all of that. So often you feel isolated like no one gets it. So writing the book gave me a voice. And as I started advocating, I just got out, started speaking, advocating. Um, I I met so many veterans, male and female, you know, telling me about their experience, you know, military sexual trauma. That's the book is called Battling the Storm Within. It's about uh, me living 20 years undiagnosed with PTSD caused by military sexual trauma and a Gulf War illness and how I didn't deal with those issues because there was no place to deal with them. I didn't know how to. Um, I just act as if it happened and now it's over. It's just a segment of my life, but actually it wasn't. So advocating, speaking, doors were opening and I saw a great need. I knew uh, I had to duplicate myself. That I was like, boy, I said, it needs a lot of work to need to be done. So I founded Michigan Women Veterans Empowerment. That's a nonprofit organization, 501c3, faith-based, mm-hmm. um, because I believe it's a power higher than us that is able to heal us. So I knew that's where my healing came from, uh, was tapping into that power. So I did work. You know, I did a lot of therapeutic work. I did a lot of stuff, but advocating, putting myself out, I was very vulnerable. But it was very fruitful because I met so many people that were struggling where I was, and inspiring them to invest in therapeutic services and whatnot. So I started the organization. Um, the first year, in you know, 2015, 2016, we did several events. We did our first conference. It was powerful. It was the voices of women veterans and. Um, we had Judge Shannon Holmes. She was our keynote speaker. She's a woman veteran JAG officer. Um, mm-hmm. Judge Denise Blank for Morris was our MC. We had some powerful community leaders, a lot of people there helping and supporting us. But that was just the start, and we're doing another one this year. But really, I'm seeing a need for a community center for women veterans, a place for women veterans to be present in their family, to be the support if they choose to reach out. That's my goal. So that's why I do what I do, because I know if someone was there for me, my life would have been different. Someone just got it. And I did have one person, and I talk about her in my book. She was my homeless. I actually became a homeless veteran. Um, it's like, how is that? It's very possible. It's easy. <laughs> just, you know, lose your job or don't work. You know, you mm-hmm. know, money, homeless. That's a, <laughs> not, yeah. not difficult, two weeks away. And so I was working as a social worker, a professional, but I was taking care of everybody else and not myself. Mm. So, um, you know, I burned myself out giving, giving, giving because, you know, as veterans, we serve, we give, we serve, we help people. But what about us? You know, I neglected Stephanie, you know, Mm. and Stephanie was just needing that. And I'm expecting people, hey, look, I gave you, so give something back. Now I decided, wait a minute, I'm going to slow up and I'm going to do some self-care. And it's not selfish, it's self-preservation. And I'm going to preserve myself because I see now my voice matters, my work matters. And if it's just me touching one life, that's my purpose. So um, yeah, that's what we yeah. do now. We're establishing, we're having the first woman veterans garden. Um, we're going to be down at the farmer's market here in Flint, Michigan, actually. Um, mm. We're doing a lot of good work out here. We're working with Michigan Veterans Foundation as the first Detroit Veterans Facility there in Detroit, the Women Veterans Housing. So things really took off. I expected to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go. I just didn't plan for all this, but it's just that it's like your purpose. You know, you just, I kind of hit it. And, and it's like I get up every day thinking about how can I help and empower others? How can I be better? And just, just, if it's just saving one life, empowering and strengthening someone else, you know, that's my goal, you know, and that's what we're focused on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the journey and thanks for having the strength to keep going to get to this point. I love that you touched on faith. 
I love that you yes. touched on self-care, self-preservation versus burning yourself out. And mm -hmm. I really like that you, in a detailed way, talked about getting trained support to face your fears. Yes. Because yes. I think you hammered it. Many of us are brave enough to face our fears, yes. to face our past, right. to face our struggles. Yes. But we do it without trained support. And, right. and if there's any cracks, we fall apart because those who are supporting us are not trained to identify how to truly support us through these yes. pivotal moments. Yes, I totally agree. And that's what I, I had to, you know, I was angry and I tell them about, I was disappointed in the friendship and family lack of support. And I really thought about it. I said, they're not even equipped to handle this. This mm. is trauma. This is military. I mean, they're civilians. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They don't get it. You know, why am I expecting them to do something they're not even capable of doing? So I released them, you know, mm -hmm. from that. And I, I for a while, was angry, you know, with them. Like, you're not here for me. You're not hearing me. But really, I needed to first look at the woman in the mirror and say, okay, what part can I own? I can't do anything about what happened to me. I made that choice naively. I did what I was supposed to do. I said, but now, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit here and be bitter, complain, or I'm going to just be proactive. And I decided... And if I'm waking up every day, I want it to be on the better side of the other of the table, you know. So it's a choice. So I chose to fight against that of being oppressed, you know, being neglected, not being honored. I chose to stand against that, and that's what my stand is, and that's what I refuse to do is back down from is that women veterans specifically need to be honored, you know, heard and respected, you know, and and I'm not going to shut up, you know. I'm speaking for those that no longer have a voice, you know. I have another book I released. Last year, it's called Our Voices United, it's the Women Veterans Anthology Book Project. Because when I was out advocating, so many women were telling me their nice stories. I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, this really needs to get in the book. So um, I did that first volume, and it, it was, you know, greatly received. Um, and I told them a lot of them, I was like, they need to hear our stories, though. We're going to take them to the grave. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. holding that story in and nursing that wound, and it's getting more toxic and poison as you nurse unhealthy things and you got all these unhealthy relationships and stinking thinking that's what i call it you know right. but only you can process that you can't nobody's gonna make wave a magic wand and get you out of your prison you have to get yourself out so that's the part i say to veterans if you're brave enough to serve you're brave enough to heal so just embracing that too wow brave enough to serve brave enough to heal yes all right you use the word honor you use the word respect. Any other military values that is at the core of what you bring to the table every day, mm -hmm. which would you say are the top values in addition to honor and just, you know, standing for being respected? Or are those your yeah. go-tos <laughs> in everything you do? Well, yeah, I think it's truth. It's your truth. You know, validating yourself. Mm. Um, I say this, that instead of expecting someone to say, oh, you're great, you pat you on the back, pat yourself on the back. Wow. You know, you woke up today. You did last night, you were suicidal and depressed and you still woke up. You didn't pull the trigger. You mm -hmm. know, you're dealing with addictions. You got up and you went to therapy. You went to group, you know, and you, right. you admit it, you have a problem. So reward yourself along the way. And I think that's what it is. It's like you have this gauge that we kind of look at ourselves and compare ourselves to other people and you stop doing that. You know, stop doing that. You're one unique person. Your experience is totally different. And and then celebrating yourself. And that's what I started doing was that I celebrated my life. 
you know, instead of expecting other people to get that I was traumatized and wounded. And who wants to hear that? After a while, they're like, yawn, you know, everybody's been hurt. So instead of getting hurt by those hurt words, I stopped hurting myself. I stopped being a victim and shifted over to, you know, a triumphant person because I refused to be in that place. So it's just really a personal choice. I really shut the door to any type of person when I when I advocate and I give them, you know, advice or something like that. And I tell them, I said, one thing I don't believe in is wasting time. Now I'm spending this time with you, giving you these resources. You can choose to follow the, you know, the plan or not. Uh, it's up to you. But I'm not going to come and visit this place with you anymore if you have not moved forward. Mm. So it's kind of a level of holding people accountable and holding yourself accountable. You know, do what you say you're going to do. For yourself first, because, you know, everything evolves around you. If you're not healthy, you can't help other people. You can't, you know, you only give out what you have in you. So I think those type of values is important, is knowing that you are worth it, you're alive. You know, you still have a purpose. Um, You may not feel like it, but each day, you know, reaching out to a positive place, finding what works for you, you know, finding those healthy spaces, you know, meditation, therapy, prayer, sports, whatever. You know, whatever it is that works for you, but you have to do that. But just complaining, blaming, even though, yes, you were wrong. You were, you, yes, they did violate you. Yes, they were dirty, dog, nasty, evil, mean people. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. the one thing about it, what are you going to do about it? And I think that's the whole thing is keep directing, holding people accountable. And I'm saying to myself, I do the same to myself. You know, I practice what I preach. If I'm saying this to someone, I've done it. Yeah. And I keep doing it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Love it. Now, (laughs) just shifting the focus, and you employ people as well, what would you say to employers looking to employ veterans? I would say give them a chance. Give them a chance. Don't assume. Don't assume. Ask. You know, and don't be so invading. You know, a lot of times you get these weird questions. Hey, did you kill anybody? You're Mm. like, no, not yet. You know, know, and I'm sitting there, I have to make a joke out of of an awkward question, you know, you know, or stuff like, you know, oh, that could have been horrible. And you're looking at them like, what are you assuming? So I think, you know, honoring their service, telling thank you, but don't assume there's something negative about it. And a lot of times I'm getting that too, because a lot of veterans are saying they say they got bread and veterans preference. They got, you know, we hire vets, but a lot of them are not giving the jobs and they're not hiring them. Let them know why. Right. You know, so, or help them, you know, cause some of them need, um, like I said, if your mental health or your psychological health is not up to par, you don't need to be working. You know, you need to be working on yourself so that you can be out here and, and be a healthy, productive person. So yeah. Yeah. Give them a chance. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm just, you know, rehearsing how simple that is and refreshing because you know, don't assume ask covers everything, you know? That's simple. Yeah. Yeah, don't assume. And that's what I had. I had a lot of assumptions, you know, being a woman veteran, it was discredited or minimized, you know, and I was really angry about it. I was like, you know, I really went through a lot. And so I decided to validate myself, you know, and I think that's what it comes down to when you deal with employers, you know, and then the fear of sharing certain things, you know, um, I was some things I didn't want to share, you know, some Mm -hmm. things I didn't want to disclose. So, yeah, I think that's important. Just that simple. Ask and, you know, give people a chance. Give them a chance. Okay. Now, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure this happens often in your life and career. When someone's just starting their transitions process and they reach out to you, what do you typically share with them? Um, I ask, well, you know, have you went to the VA? That's first, you know. Only 10% of veterans use the VA. 
So I ask them where they are, and some of them won't even admit, you know, depending on where they're at, you know, if they need medical. I just ask them exactly, what do you need? Or where are you? Do you have a home? You're employed. Do you have transportation? The basic needs first. You have food, shelter, and that tells you a lot. You know, a lot of veterans are not homeless. You know, the veterans rate the homeless rate is a lot. They haven't experienced that, but some of them just have difficulty adjusting in the community. Like some of them are veterans and leaders and not feeling really embraced in, in the civilian workforce. So I just ask simple questions and safe questions to where they can either answer, decline or not. You know, mm-hmm. that way it's not an awkward situation. Yeah. I like what you said about safe questions and just addressing basic needs. Yes. Just basic. I. Connect them. I connect them to the services. If they want them, yeah. I'll give them several numbers, and, and I encourage them to do this for yourself. You owe it to yourself and your family. Okay. Now, scaling that same process, and I know you do so much veterans advocacy. When you get to speak to those who help veterans and the greater veterans community, what's your message to VSOs and just people willing to serve those who served? I'm pretty transparent. You know, I share with them my experience, um, my book, and what I'm doing for women veterans. And a lot of it just kind of, a lot of them are like, wow, we didn't know. A lot of them are like, oh, wow. Just really kind of surprised. And then they ask me how they can help. And I just tell them how. I said, for one, we need support. You know, we need people to willing to invest their time, money, and resources. We need people to put their money where their mouth is. Because a lot of the programs now, there's a lot of money coming down and people are forming nonprofits just to, oh, we're going to help veterans do housing, but it's money for them, but it's not really to house the veterans. Mm. So those things right there, I ask them, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, and, and the ones that are already established, you know, and I see a lot of the VSOs, they're losing the members, they're not getting women veterans, they're not getting the millennium. And I tell them your approach to dealing with a totally different mindset of people. Have you shifted your mission for those people? So I talk very candid, <laughs> you know, and real reality-based and really don't sugarcoat it because we're talking about lives being lost every day that can be saved and the yeah. resources are there. And it's just not that simple. Not everybody, if they're isolated, depressed, and tormented with demons and darkness in their mind, yeah. you know, they're not just going to come out and hug you. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> You know, so they're not at that place, at that place. So really realizing the work is great, but um, just saying, here's a card, call me. It's more than that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, I know your faith empowers you to do this work in a real way. How do you stay just connected to yourself as you live in this space where you're pushing back a lot of darkness and helping Mm -hmm. people confront real fears every day? It's tough. Um, I do a lot of self-care. I do a lot of what I call detox because going through this, you meet a lot of negative people, a lot of Mm. toxic people. You know, I had a lot of women veterans that were not ready, angry, you know, resentful. Some of my did stuff for they attack me, you know. So I had to do a lot of self-care, making sure that I'm not being a sacrificial male. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely pray. I ask God to order my steps. And then I decide what battles I'm going to fight. And I don't, you know, before I did a lot of groundbreaking. And I've been doing this about four years now. So I did a lot of boots on the ground stuff. Now I basically kind of know I'm in Michigan, who's what and who's who. Mm -hmm. So I did that work. So I went through those uncharted territories and got a lot of, uh, you know, thorns and bristles and, you know, all kinds of wounds from it. But I healed myself. I stepped away and said, hey, um, I set boundaries. Yeah. And I decide who I'm going to find to and why. 
So I think that's how I survive is knowing my purpose and it's, it's getting more fine-tuned and I don't compete with other people. I'm finding this, even though I'm out here doing this stuff, I get a lot of media, the Comcast, the Fox 2 News, you know, it just it's just happening. I don't even seek out media. It just comes. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how is it happening? I said, well, it's just real. So realness and people are like, whoa, we haven't heard this, or, you know, controversy sells in the media. And um, so I said, so I'm not making anything up. I'm just being a candid transparent person that is trying to get our voices heard for changes. So I do a lot of self-care. You know, I, I, I you know, I treat myself very well, spoil Stephanie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, I do not allow people to abuse me and use me. Some people will, because of your kindness and your giver, will try to use that, you know, write it off and constantly come back. And I let them know this is not what I, this is about. This is empowering. This is giving you the research and tool to do the work yourself. So we're, I'm not carrying anybody. So knowing your boundaries and your limits, and I just know when to say no and when to say yes and being okay with that. And I think that's what the toughest thing was. It was so many issues and so much coming and I couldn't answer them all. I was like, whoa, what did I get myself into? So I had to do some retreating and some self-care and some boundary study. And then I come and I engage when I feel it's worth my time and it's going to be fruitful. But just doing things just because I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to help a lot of people. I took notes. It's going to help me. As you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much strongly negative conversations in this space. Yes. So that was a breath yes, of fresh air for me. Yes. And I'm finding that even on social media, I get, you know, I, I'm pretty strong on my tweets and uh, Facebook and I share a lot of stuff that people wouldn't, you know, and um, I get comments on there. And some of the comments I just choose to look over because it's a lot of anger or bitterness. Mm. And instead of looking in the positive light, they're looking at what's not done. That's just the fact, okay, we moved one inch. We may be 99 inches behind, but we did move one. So let's celebrate that one inch. Yeah. You know, so it's like putting that, being that authority and saying, we're not going to retreat here. We're not going to get to, and I can say this, when I started doing support groups, it was very toxic. I had people that needed mental health professional treatment and they wanted to come in our session and take up the time and just vet and just spew negativity. Mm-hmm. And I just would stop them and say, this is not it. This is not what this is for. And, you know, I had them angry with me, but it was truth. Yeah. And, um, so I think always operating from a place of truth, your truth, you know, um, and then validating yourself why I do what I do. And that's why I tell a lot of people I've had people, oh, you're just trying to this. I said, no, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not trying, you know, my book is from a place of pain to healing. So that's not something, you know, I want to award for just something I did. And then not a fruit of it is great because I took a big jump, a big risk into a pool of unknown variables. Yes, I was afraid to share my story. I was told, oh, you don't want to do that. They're going to do this to you. You know, I had all that going on, but I just decided I've already, they've done everything to me already. Mm. It's got to be, I got to do something different. Yeah. You yeah. know, I can't sit there and complain and be miserable. So I decided to shift that. So I think that's the power, the inner power, knowing that all that you need is already within you. But a lot of times we look outside of ourselves and not within ourselves and tap into those gifts and powers that we already have that we don't appreciate ourselves. And we're expecting people to appreciate them and we don't even appreciate them. Mm. So I think that's a lot of what I do. That's how I 
as they say. And then I put my space between it. You know, it's gotten to a point where I'm well known and I kind of hide a little bit. <laughs> Some places, <laughs> you know, I kind of dress different so people don't know it's me because sometimes I don't want to be approached. You know, I just want to be shopping at the store. Sometimes I go down to the VA and I'm getting stopped by people. I know my book is out, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that you can come personally and just talk to me. I just want to be a patient today, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So me knowing when I'm done and setting those boundaries and being okay with that. So when you give yourself the license or the approval, that's where it comes from. But expecting anyone else to give it to you, you're basically giving them power. And that's what you don't want to do. Yeah. And that's what I don't do anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. Wow. 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 Well said. And I know that's going to help so many veterans, veterans advocates create boundaries and just take care of themselves so they can continue to do their work. Now let's, yeah. you know, talk about books that have changed your life. Even the books that has came from you that are changing lives. Any books that you say mm-hmm. have changed your life to include your own. Well, um, I would say the 21 Laws of Thinking was by uh, Bishop Bernard Jordan, mm. um, because everything starts in your thoughts. And um, I was at my thinking was not right, you know, and the people around me didn't have the tools or the right wording to help me change my thinking. So I sought out mentors like uh, I was mentored through the Jack Canfield, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul author. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Steve, uh, Steve Harrison marketing program. I was under them for like two or three years. So I yeah. sought out coaches. And people that have accomplished these things, you know, I have books yeah. like uh, boundary setting books, um, a lot of spiritual books. I deal with a lot of strong truths. Um, anything yeah. with the word of God, biblical, help me because it's just strong truth. It's just a good measure of balancing yourself. So um, I can't say it's just one in particular, but that's mostly what my studies have come from. And I will go right back to someone that has conquered those areas. And they come from a biblical perspective because a lot of stuff is just opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, which everybody has one, but we need something, a law, you know, or a principle to operate from. And that's how I'm able to achieve my greatness that I've achieved now because I go right back to the law, the principle. Yeah. Like yeah. when different opportunities, if I'm at the table and I'm planning something, I've been at tables where I'm planning something and it doesn't work out like it was. And I kind of go back, like, why was that? And then I go back to encourage myself and rebuild my faith. You know, I just kind of back off and say, okay, now if I can shift myself and I don't feel like a failure, because you're going to hit those walls, you're going to hit those right. doors, they're not going to be open. So a lot of places I was not received because of my story. And then, but now they're hearing it. They're like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, that's what you get for assuming, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I don't assume nothing. So yeah. I think that's where I've grown to, is knowing my value. I've grown to know my value and I don't, you know, it's just kind of like the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't mm. cast your pearl necklace before pigs. They're just going to walk over it. So why give your best and the best part of you to people that don't value? So Wow. <laughs> wow. Well said. I like yes. seek out truth, laws, yes. and principles, and let that be a focus in what you read, yes. courses, or life coaching that you take. And as much as possible, stay away from opinions. Yes. Because everybody got one. Yeah, yeah. And that's you you sit to debates. You know, you're like these cyber cats. I tell them, I don't do cyber cat fights, okay? You mm. put something out there, get 20 people, boo. I'm like, that's your opinion. That's mine. I'm not going to get pulled into that dark place. And that's what I refuse to do is get vacuumed into someone else's stuff. Everybody has baggage. So you need to unpack your own suitcase, okay? You packed it. It's your stuff. Now you open that suitcase and you sort that out. 
And that's where we're dealing with empowering people is giving them their stuff and saying, here, I can help you with this. Here's some organizers. This is what we can do. Mm-hmm. But uh, until you do the work, there, there's no, not going to be any progression. So yeah. if anything, I'm going to role model it. Yeah, I love and that. Those, yeah, those are your clothes. You fold them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, you take me to what, watch your laundry too? Okay, here's a washing <laughs> supporter. You want some soap? You know? Yeah empowering others to be independent and self-sufficient and responsible for their life. You are responsible. And that's the key is is just holding people responsible, regardless of the trauma, regardless of the setback, regardless of the lack, I wasn't promoted, they looked over me. All of that, just trump all that, you know, just whatever. The bottom line is what are you going to do about where you're at right now? What can you do? And you can, for one, change your thinking and your view on it. Right. And knowing that no one is, God and they don't can't put you in any heaven or hell and you have to decide where you want to be you know if you want to live in torment and your past struggling or you want to get out of this and are you willing to put forth the work and that's the whole key is willing to to do the work yeah wow yeah we're at that place where you're going to give a parting piece of guidance and I think you've blessed all our listeners with just your wisdom your yes. truth and your experience but I'm going to challenge you go bigger <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. I'm there now. I've got some things in the work and I'm praying about them. I'm taking strategic steps. So I'm waiting for the doors to open. So now that things have happened and I'm like a trailblazer, you know, I got to keep treading, treading, mm-hmm. you know, the path. No, no backing down here. You know, I just had to share with you. I just had major surgery. I had major surgery. I was uh, in the hospital for 11 days. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have the surgery, I wasn't here. So I thank God for them catching the condition I had, and um, so my life, I know it's preserved for a purpose, so I'm even right. more on the war path, so <laughs> you should have wow. got me when you could, you know? So. <laughs> I love that. Where can our listeners connect with your work? I particularly want to make sure that they connect with your story and your ministry, because I believe, like myself, if we can see a life of an overcomer, we can model a lot of what they have showcased can be done. Yes, that's true. You can find me, um, my website, my book website, battlingthestormwithin.com, just battlingthestormwithin.com. Mm-hmm. The organization website, Michigan Women Veterans Empowerment, is empowermivets.com, empowermivets.com. I'm on Twitter under Battling Storms. I'm on, under Twitter or M-I-V-E organization. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm battling Storm Within Free Veteran Advocate Services and also Michigan Women Veterans Empowerment page. So we're out there and I'm willing to support anyone. I get calls all over the nation. People, women veterans trying to find resources. So definitely um, there's a movement to empower women veterans and there's a lot of great work that's happening, but we still have a long way to go. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you again for just lending your expertise, your story, Thank you for going before us, being vulnerable, but then also being strong. And thank you for the tips on self-care. I know that our listeners, our advocates needed everything you said, and I'd be happy to get you back on the show and talk some more. Sure. Sure. Anytime. I'm I'm welcome. I'm open to having this discussion in any way we can empower and just providing support to just a voice of truth. So um, we're out here, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here with some uh, major plans to shift uh, in Genesee County here in Michigan. We want to do some stuff out here. So we're just waiting for the doors to open. 
It's just mm-hmm. a matter of timing. I'm not giving up. Let's be searching wow. <laughs> on a warpath. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> well, thank you again for your time, for being yeah, on the show, welcome. for your Appreciate spirit and energy. And I look forward to working yeah. with you in the future and even coming to yeah. some of your events so I can learn more about Great. what you do and who yeah. you are and how to be as amazing as who you are. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, have a great day. Okay. Take care.